Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, it's time to kick off some sports talk. Sports Central brought to you by Spring Hill Suites. And in the sports chairs is Jenna and in the center chair. Yes, it is Ryan Buckley. Oh, Eric, I have missed you, sir. It is good to be here again. Welcome to Sports Central. You need to get out more often. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I haven't been here in a while. I'm finally out more often again. Welcome to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. Ryan and Jenna Kitt. Jenna. How are we doing? Good to see you again. It's great to see you. It feels it feels normal now. You know, when Neil was sitting there, it's kind of <laughs> a little, you know, he, he keeps calling us the A-plus team. Hopefully he's not listening. Wow. But I'm like, I don't really know. I think me and Buckley are the... I think uh, this is the duo. Yeah. That's just meant... I mean, look at how smooth I mean, that handshake was. I mean, I mean, I mean we'll I wish see people could see how smooth that was. We'll see if he texts and is like, I hear you. If he doesn't, then everybody else at least knows. Then we know. Everyone then else we at least know. If you know, you know at right? this point. Uh, Jenna, what has the past two weeks looked like in terms of, you know, what's going on in the sports world? I've been very disconnected. No, tons has been going on, not only throughout, you know, high school, but the NFL, that, you know, starting um, college football back and starting. And I just love college football. Isn't college football just fantastic? There's been a lot of parity at the start of the year, too. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of teams kind of flip-flopping back and forth. Appalachian State beating Texas A&M the next week. Texas A&M beats Miami. It's just all over the place. An absolute circle of life in terms of what's happening in college football in the rankings. And then you have Ohio State being Notre Dame. And then you have Marshall, I.O. Then you have Marshall being Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. uh, First time a Notre Dame head coach has started off 0-3 for Marcus Freeman. So not a very good look for Marcus Freeman. Obviously, you had Florida getting out of the gates, beating Utah at home. Tons of momentum with Anthony Richardson being crowned the Heisman after week one. Week two kind of came back down to earth. Yeah. Had a little bit of a tough showing. <laughs> They're like, yeah. er, hold on. Humble like, yourself. Oh, this whole Heisman talk might have to slow down. Humble. On. Played a very good Kentucky team. Yes. Kentucky, now, what are they ranked? Nine? I believe so. I think they're top 10 team. I'll be able to tell you. Hold on. Uh, really tough game that was for them. And then they compound that with the following week, really squeaking out against USF. Yeah. Oh, I watched that uh, the end from uh, St. Pete, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And it was all if the if the placeholder would have just held it, I think it would have went in overtime. I think so. Well, and now you know for Florida, really tough matchup ahead going up to Knoxville and playing Tennessee. That is mm-hmm. not going to be an easy game. Tennessee playing really well this year. Yeah, eleven and uh, Florida's twenty. So I'm trying to find Kentucky's eight. Kentucky yeah, yeah, like yeah, eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so. they, who is Kentucky playing this upcoming week? Northern Illinois. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's too much of a challenging task uh, for Kentucky. A Mac school. A little bit of Maction, as they say. A little bit of Maction. That was really good. Oh, yeah. I was really actually torn this week because Ohio State. Why was that? Or last week. Ohio State played Toledo. Oh, that's kind of a conflict for you, I guess, right? Well, it really really wasn't a conflict, but like. It was a conflict, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was. But it was was cool to watch. It was cool to see. And. Toledo, you know, they held their own for a little bit uh, before it got a little bit out of hand. But, you know, it was still really, really cool to watch. Well, and it's amazing because everything kind of, like, just culminates at once, right? Like, it kind of feels like college football's back, bam, NFL NFL's back. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, one after another. It's absolutely incredible. We'll talk a little bit of Bucks in segment two uh, coming off of that game against the Saints where it was just melee. It was absolute melee. We will we will dive into that for sure. Uh, kind of previewing this week college football just to round out the top 25 Clemson playing Wake Forest in Wake Forest. That's a matchup of two top 25 teams. I'm going to tell you what, Clemson, they are a seven-point spread favorite. That is going to be a very close game. Mm. I don't think that's a that's a game that's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. We did mention Florida going up to Tennessee. 
play that game. That's a 3.30 kickoff. Tennessee favored by 10.5 there. Uh, Texas A&M coming off that win against Miami. Hosting number 10 Arkansas in what could be an absolute rebound. Two games in a row for A&M after that loss to Appalachian State, who very well could be real. That could be a real team over there at Appalachian State with their uh, stunning Hail Mary victory over that, Troy. That was crazy. Wasn't that insane? I don't even know how he caught that ball. I don't know how he saw the ball. No. Literally, the amount of time he had to react of that coming off the defender and the other receiver. It was like, literally, he was just in the right place at the right time. That's 100%. No other way to describe it. Uh, Miami playing Middle Tennessee State. They are favored by only 25 and a half. So that'll be an interesting one to see if they're able to pull off a, a close game there uh, against Middle Tennessee State. And then undefeated Florida State playing Boston College. Favored by 17 and a half. It's amazing. I love to see 3-0 and on both of my teams. So, you know, I am a happy camper for sure. Yeah, Florida State still technically not ranked. So it'll be interesting to see if they find their way into the top 25. If they can start off 4-0. First time they would start off 4-0 uh, since 2015. It's been oh. a little bit of time. I graduated years. high school. Oh, See, you said seven years, and then I said graduated high school. And I was then like, it, wait a second. Yeah, then it's like, dang, I graduated seven years ago. Never mind. Maybe we can cut that part out. You graduated high school seven years ago? Yeah. That's great. I graduated college seven years ago. Wow. Look at that. Uh, uh, distant relatives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> getting closer. So, yeah, a lot of good matchups, obviously, on the college football side. I think a quick preview of that um, Florida-Tennessee game in terms of kind of expectations, what to expect, you know, what's kind of the storylines heading into that game. Um you know, Anthony Richardson obviously looking to rebound. Uh, struggled a little bit on the passing game side, especially against Kentucky. Really didn't have a good showing. He's had four interceptions on the year. So, obviously, that'll be something that he's going to look uh, to fix. You know, the Florida defensive line, what are they going to look like? What, what's the story of that game going to be? Tennessee puts up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're averaging 52 points a game, <laughs> and they're averaging 371 yards through the air. Uh, so, they are a very, very high-scoring team. Um, it'll be interesting to... Uh, Tennessee, very good rush defense. Uh, under 100 yards a game, they've allowed. Florida allows almost 200 rushing yards a game. So <laughs> it's a little bit of an interesting dynamic because Tennessee's a very powerful offense. Um, really the only close call they've had so far through their three games is beating Pittsburgh. That game was in Pittsburgh, and that went to overtime. Uh, they played Ball State, and they played Akron. Beat Akron by a score of 63-6, to and Ball State 59-10. to So... Really haven't had too many tests other than the Pittsburgh game, which obviously, as we mentioned, that they go to overtime. So mm-hmm. who knows? Anything can happen. That's why they play the game, right? Yeah, I think I do think Florida's going to struggle a little bit being up there in Knoxville, you know, just having that, you know, Tennessee's already on fire. Then they're going to have, you know, their fans behind them. And, I mean, you can't hate that checkered look of the stadium. Like, come on now. Oh, no, absolutely Beautiful. Like, it's, it is going to be very, very loud up there. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Definitely. Yeah. It'll be interesting, though, to, to play a quarterback that's really mobile. It's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee handles that to try to contain Anthony Richardson. Um, it is going to be very interesting to see how that that matchup works. First time that Tennessee has started off 3-0 since 2016, so just a year after you graduated. Yeah, uh, and school. a year after you graduated college. Look at that. <laughs> Again, distant cousins. <laughs> yep. Uh, 25th game, just some fun facts here. 25th game where Florida and Tennessee in their all-time meetings are both ranked. The last time that happened, it was 2017. Florida has a 16-8 record in games that are ranked between Florida and Tennessee, 5-1 and one since 2005. Tennessee sellout crowd anticipated for the game. Florida is the only team to play three top 20 teams in the first month of the season. 
Isn't that kind of crazy? Wow. Only team in the nation played three top 20 teams first month of the season, uh, and they have not thrown a touchdown pass yet in three games. But they are a very good rush offense. So really the matchup here is going to be the Tennessee run defense, Florida run offense, and with their mobile quarterback. Interesting to see what's going to happen out of the gates on that one. What do you predict? I think it's going to be a close game. I like uh, Tennessee just puts up so many points. So uh, probably Tennessee. I'm going to go 35. I'm going to say it's a touchdown game. I'm going to say it's Tennessee 35, Florida 28. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tennessee just puts up a lot of points. That would definitely be a really good game. I, I think so. I think it's I'll be agree with you. I feel that. Yeah, Florida's going to have to try to. You know what though? He's going to have to throw the ball effectively through the air, and that's going to be. That's mm. that's kind of the the thing that's out there, right? Is they're going to probably be in third and long scenarios if they can't move the ball on the ground, and they're going to have to move the ball through the air, on the mm. Florida side. So that's going to be a true test for Anthony Richardson and head coach Billy Napier. So we'll see what happens there. When we come back on the other side of the break, we will talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the other Florida team, the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, yes. We have to have some Tua Talk Thursday. So (laughs) don't go anywhere. Stay right here on Sports Central Talk Radio 96.7. Hey, but right now, let's get back to Sports Central. Brought to you by Jimmy John's Freaky Fast. Let's get back to it. Here's Jenna and Ryan. That was a freaky fast break. That was. It was like here and going. Quick, bam, right back to it. Welcome back to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. Eric in the studio, Jenna and Ryan. College football just, I mean, absolutely takes over one's thoughts. You start talking about it, it's like, bam, you just start running like an absolute sprint to try and get as much information as quick as you can. I bet, you everyone, I bet you everyone that's listening is doing that right now. Yeah, absolutely. They're running like, through all the college football scenarios. And if they're not, they're probably focused on the NFL scenarios that yeah. are happening right or now. Or potentially driving home. That's also what they that, could be doing. That might be something. I, I, yeah, I, I imagine not everyone's pulled over to the side of the road right now. Like, all right, let's run through those scenarios again. Um, what a crazy start to the NFL season, huh? A lot of parody. Very much so, especially when, you know, a few years ago, re- more recently than not, I guess, Miami was struggling. The Dolphins were struggling for a little bit. But now to see them, you know, one of the uh, one of the current undefeated teams. Out of this world, huh? Yeah. Out of this world. Another crazy thing, we're going to give a little shout-out to Jenna Kidd's team, the Detroit Lions, because there's a team that deserves a shout-out. Played the Eagles very well in Week 1. A very, very good game. Had a good comeback there at the end. First time they've been favored in, what, 25 games? Not only did they win, they covered. Wow. Beat the Washington Commanders. Yes, I didn't know they were, like, that was favored for the first time in 25 games. 25 games. Um. So a long time since they've been in that scenario, and they played very well. Um, but obviously, this shift back to our home market. Yes, Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Tom Brady not looking too sharp to start the year. I only know that because he is my fantasy quarterback in one of my leagues, and I am greatly disappointed. <laughs> You're um, not the first person that I've heard say that about yeah, my fantasy league. Not been good. Yeah, but I probably should have just went with a scrambling quarterback like mm. a Lamar, a Tua, who we'll talk about. Um, anyone that can move outside of a pocket more than five miles an hour, but Tom Brady seemed like the right pick. Like a Kyler Murray. Yeah. Do you see they're like, Absolutely. he looks like a kid running, they just stole his dad's phone and he's running away that, from That two-point conversion was 20 seconds long. It yeah. was absolutely insane. <laughs> um, Tampa Bucks, they go into New Orleans this past week uh, and what was thought to have, you know, going into the game, it was going to be a really tough game, particularly because of the way the New Orleans defense had been playing. Boy, did they play well. They played a very good defensive game. Really held Tommy Boy in check for most part of the game. Jameis Winston on the other side of the ball really didn't do a lot either. Bucks defense played just as good. That's not what people are talking about, though. They're talking about a little scuffle that happened during the game, Jenna. 
Yes, and I heard that Arians was on the sideline and told Mike Evans, or like, I don't know, I can't really say told, but people saw him like kind of like pointing and going like, yeah. you know, you need to go back out there and like, you know, do whatever you need to do with him Absolutely. talking to Brady like that. It looked like he was coached to go back onto the playing field mm-hmm. to go protect Tom. Yeah. And now they're saying, oh, Tom might pay his fine and, you know, everything's going to work out. But really crazy. So he lost his appeal uh, for the one-game suspension. The reason that's big is the Buccaneers are taking on the Packers mm-hmm. and what's going to be a really tough game. And they just signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see if Cole Beasley actually makes it up to the main roster and, and what that what that will look like, obviously, um, due to Mike Evans not being able to play, Chris Godwin being injured as well. Mm. So really going to be challenging on that front. Yeah, and Mike Evans was like, oh, a lot of more. He was just really emotional this game. And yeah, it's like, they've, no, had they, beef. they've had problems for a while. They've had beef for a while. They've actually had beef since ja- from when Jameis was on the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, they had beef a while back. Um, so that's that's not a, a short-lived feud or something that recently developed. Um, that's been a while. But yeah, as, as mentioned, really tough game coming up this week. Uh, traveling, excuse me, um, taking, <laughs> I don't know what just happened there, <laughs> taking on uh, the Packers, really going to be a tough game. I said traveling, they're going to be at home on that. They actually opened up as a one-point favorite for that one. We'll see if that changes due to the Evans um, appeal being denied. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front. And then really the rest of that division, you have uh, the Panthers with Baker Mayfield. They start off the season 0-2. The Saints, as we mentioned, are 1-1, one and one, and Atlanta 0-2. So the Buccaneers being 2-0 and really have a good head start in this division. And uh, I mean, if they play their division opponents, they probably could go 6-0 and in their division. It's not an out- outlandish thought. Yeah, and Miami game coming up against the Bills is huge Massive. because they're, you know— I mean, they have the same record right now, but, you know, one and two are tied for first, I guess, in yeah. the AFC East. So that's going to be a huge game. Talk, talk a little bit about the Dolphins, Jenna. I don't really know much about the Dolphins. So Dolphins' last game, playing Baltimore. I set you up for failure on that one. I it's apologize. okay, though. Uh, Dolphins' last game, they're playing Baltimore. They're playing Lamar Jackson. They're down by 21 points. Tua leads a comeback. And they wind up winning that game in Baltimore. They went up to Baltimore and won that game after being down by three touchdowns. A massive comeback, 42-38. I actually, so on my way out of the house, I saw that game on, and I, you know, they were definitely struggling. And then by the time the Bucs game was over, it was like, oh, my gosh, the Dolphins won. They came back and won. I bet you, you know who was probably really upset about that? Go ahead. Mark McCollum. Mark McCollum, shout out. Yeah, shout out I to mean, him. I hope man. he's doing well. I'm supposed to talk to him tomorrow at some point. Oh, that's exciting. But yeah, maybe, we, maybe we'll talk to him. Maybe we'll talk to him together. But yeah, really, really rough way to lose a game. I mean, being up by three touchdowns, you figure game's in the bag. Mm-hmm. Let's go to next week, figure out who we're going to play, kind of get the game plan rolling. Nope. They wind up losing that game to Tua. They are now Tua and O on the season. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. Did you like that one? That was really, so, really good. So that'll be <laughs> Interesting to see what happens with the Dolphins the rest of the year. Obviously, they are in a very tough division. Um, even the Jets coming back and winning that game against Cleveland to move to one and one was a big one for them. That was crazy. Uh, so yeah, so it'll be you know again interesting to see a lot of as we mentioned a lot of parity that's going on in the NFL right now. Um, and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Philadelphia Eagles are two and zero to start the year, uh, looking to go three and zero against the Commanders coming up on Sunday. So really excited to see what's going to happen on that front. Any other big NFL news that we? We have skipped out on, Jenna? Uh, not that I know of. Not that I can think of. Stuff that has been missed. No, not for, I think, like our home teams, other than, you know, Dak breaking his finger or his thumb in the first week. Or yeah. The first 
and they actually looked better with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Crazy enough for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dallas playing the Giants. Who would have thought the Giants would be 2-0? But the 2-0 New York Giants, Monday night football, that game up in the Meadowlands. So Dallas on the road for that one. Um, Giants opened that game up favored by one point. So um, this week is going to be a good—I think for the Bucks because you have the Saints and Panthers playing each other, you're going to get an advantage there. Atlanta traveling to Seattle— in theory, they could be up, you know, two games in this division over everybody else in the division, and and really from there, you know, pedal to the floor. They'll they'll run through that division no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front. Well, when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll have to do a quick MLB a little raise update because um, that'll be important as we wind down this season in the hunt on the wild card right now. Almost locked up a spot. And then we'll talk a little bit about the high school side, what's going on in high school sports and high school athletics in the county. So don't go anywhere. Stick right here on Sports Central on Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, it is one crazy train, and we call it Sports Central. I I said the same thing. Sports Central brought to you by Inside Edge. And talking sports, here's Jenna and Ryan. Eric, thanks for jumping on this crazy train with us. We appreciate it. Welcome I, back to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we drug him onto the train. I don't know yeah. if he asked to be on this train. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's been trying to get off for a while. So please I, I, let I me off I wouldn't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so please get me off this train. Welcome back to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. Eric, Jenna, and Ryan. A um, lot going on in the sport. It's crazy because like, you know, when college football starts, NFL starts, baseball heads towards postseason... Hockey's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Basketball's right around the corner. It, like, just all culminates at one time. Doesn't hockey start at the end of the month? So they'll do preseason here in the next couple days, and then I think the puck drop, like, opening day is mid-October, usually like October 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in that time wow. frame. So, yeah, crazy how quick it comes up. Um, and then NBA, similar timeline. We did actually, um, I was at the Lakeland Magic office, uh, G League affiliate of the Orlando Magic, right before this. Their season starts November 4th. So even that, it's you know you're about a month away, month yeah. and a half away. So be here before you know it. And then their it. season opener at home is November 11th. November 11th, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I heard, not going to give any spoilers or secrets away, but I heard they have some pretty cool promotional promotional Ooh. items coming out. I thought you knew the score of the game. I'm like, well, hold on, <laughs> that's there's no way you could know that. No, 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 no. But it's it's one of the things where I you know their promotional items are always so fun, always they so are. great. Um, but they're going to step them up a notch, so that's exciting. That is exciting. Mm-hmm. That'll be really fun to see You know what they have going on. Obviously, uh, coming off the championship season in the bubble two years ago, they'll look to rebound. Weird how the G League does it now, right? They do like their uh, tournament the first part of the year and then a regular season the second part of the year. It's split into like two seasons. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how the how the team does, obviously, in that format. Last year, I think, was the first year they implemented that. Uh, but let's go back to the now, not the when. Or the future, rather. <laughs> we'll go back to the now. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Florida's baseball team, because Miami Marlins don't count. <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about uh, where the Rays currently are, Jenna. So they are currently 82 and 67, and they are third in the AL East. So Tampa Bay fell to Houston Astros 5 to 1 on Wednesday. Kyle Tucker hit a two, uh, or <laughs> hold on, hit a big two run homer for the Astros. And Lance McCullers pitched seven effective innings as they completed a three-game sweep of the Rays. Um, the Rays are second in the American League wildcard race and are eight and a half games behind the New York Yankees, which are your team. 
uh, for the lead in the AL East division. Uh, the Rays take on Toronto Blue Jays um, this weekend in a weekend series beginning tonight at 6.40 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the Rays, um, you know, lost the series against the Yankees up in New York. So that, that kind of was a little bit of a sting. Toronto's been playing good baseball um, as of late. If you look at the overall standings, the Yankees have a six and a half game lead over Toronto in the division. They're at 148 games, so you're looking at 14 games left. The real test is going to be Tampa playing Toronto, right, in that series. And the reason that's important is because it's going to swing home field advantage in that wild card round. Rays have, um, as you mentioned, the series against the Blue Jays coming up. That's a four-game set at the Trop. Then they're going to go play the Guardians up in Cleveland and then Houston. So not a very easy schedule left. And then mm-hmm. they finish in Boston. So their last you know, nine games all on the road against at least two of those series, playoff teams and, ver- and division-leading playoff teams. So really, really tough end of the end of the season. But these next four games against the Jays really are gonna determine what the playoff scenario is gonna look like. Yeah, for sure. I, this is nothing to do with baseball. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I like how you prefaced that. I saw this funny thing, it was like a funny tweet, and some of the people in Cleveland were like, Can we please send the Guardians to play the Steelers? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So I saw the Guardians and maybe think of it. You had to think of that. I yeah, mean how do you it not? Was funny. And I thought, you know, other people might think it was funny. So Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um so Seattle right now is the last wild card team in they are only half a game behind the Rays. So another thing to consider is if Seattle can leapfrog Tampa, it'll impact Tampa not playing Toronto or Seattle. They would actually wind up playing the Guardians. Mm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the rest of the season with the Rays because there's a whole host of those three teams and, and who has home field advantage or whatnot. But basically, if they finish in the last wild card spot, they'll play in Cleveland. Most likely, unless the Yankees can, you know, have a colossal collapse at the end of the year, which is possible, but um, they'll play Cleveland in Cleveland because Cleveland has almost but secured their division. They have six games up on the Chicago White Sox, and they've been on a pretty good streak as of late. They could play Toronto, um, just depending on how Toronto finishes out the year. Technically, they could play Seattle as well, depending on how Seattle finishes out the year. So just a whole combination of potential scenarios for the Rays, but really just win the next couple games and you're going to lock in a playoff spot for sure. Yeah, that's kind of the consensus I've gotten is, you know, they need to play and they need to win and then let the cookies crumble how they do. Yeah, we've been talking about Mark McCollum not being here. He's a big Orioles fan, obviously, for the Orioles. Looks like too little, too late. They had a really good run in the middle of the season and then in true Baltimore Orioles fashion, they have collapsed. So Mm -hmm. unless they can pull off a really good set of wins here at the end of the year, uh, which is possible, you know, it's the never say never, but they got the Astros for four games, the Red Sox for four games, which uh, the Red Sox actually is a favorable matchup for them, and then they finish with the Yankees and Blue Jays, so really tough end to the season for them. So it looks like the race should be in a good spot to clinch a wild card spot here in the next couple of games. The Orioles, I mentioned the Orioles, they just came out of a series with the Tigers mm-hmm. in which the Tigers actually did take that series. Um, but doesn't really help. It moves them from fifth in the division to fifth in the division. <laughs> so they are closing up shop for the year. No no playoffs coming up there. 
Um, and what was probably a disappointing year, given the amount of prospects that they had entering mm-hmm. the year, obviously back to the drawing board, Alavila out of his role. So they'll look to um, obviously look at what the strategy is going to be for next season with the team itself. But that's the update on the baseball side. Definitely be on the lookout for uh, the Rays in the postseason. And Jenna, what about, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place on you, high school sports. No, definitely. I know we got... Obviously, high school foosball back back in the fold, and then we talked about football coming back. What's what's the updates on the high school side? Yeah, so Lakeland had a huge win over Osceola. Well, it's a huge win, but they barely escaped the win. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lakeland faced their toughest challenge of all season as Osceola kept the game close for the entirety of the matchup. Uh, Lakeland junior running back Markel Johnson scored three touchdowns, two in the first quarter. Osceola uh, seniors wide out. Jakeem Jackson answered with a 68-yard touchdown reception and a 41-yard touchdown catch. Uh, Lakeland's defense made enough stops to give themselves a well-earned win in their biggest test of the year as a football team. So I believe, you know, right now, currently, Lakeland is number one, and then Osceola is number four. So this was kind of their biggest matchup of the season so far, um, and they came out on top, which is really exciting for them. Fantastic. Uh, well, listen, let's do the Neil Duncan update, the Bartow. <laughs> yes, Bartow. Bartow, we, we must talk I, about Bartow. I was going to say Bartow beekeepers, right? Didn't we talk about that at one point? Yeah. Bart or Bartow, I can't. Honeybees, Bartow honeybees, but Bartow yellow jackets. Why not? Go ahead. I could tell you really want to give this update. <laughs> so Bartow defeated the Bolts um, by a convicting margin as they moved two to zero in a rain makeup in a rain makeup game this season. So they were rained down on Friday, and then they played on Saturday at eleven. Tell you what, the interns who work on the script, they are digging deep into the next gen stats. They're yeah. two and zero in rain makeup games. Yes, they're, they're incredible stat to take <laughs> with you. Yeah, so the Yellow Jackets held off the Resilient Ridge Community Squad 40 to 21 after being called off Friday due to a flooded field. I just said that. Uh, <laughs> but at least I was right. You were right. I was right field with what was I was flooded. saying. Yeah. Um, Bartow senior running back Traquan Jones rushed 21 times for 206 yards and four touchdowns. Bartow makes uh, moves to three and one as they have a bye week this week before they take on Winter Haven um, in two weeks on the road. Fantastic stuff. Well, congrats to Bartow. Obviously, that you know, tough start to the year, but they seem to have you know righted the ship to some capacity. Obviously, winning a couple bounce back games and two and zero in rain makeup games as well. So hopefully, a couple, <laughs> hopefully, a couple more rainy weekends for them. They can continue that um, unprecedented victory in rain makeup games. Yeah, and actually talking to one of our great partners over at uh, Hampton and Lakeside, um, her brother plays for Bartow's JV team. That's right, the JV team, and this is her first game of the season. Really? All the other ones have been rained, rained out. out. Yep. Oh, jeez. So he's, she was like, he's so excited for this. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy for him. Oh, that's, that is crazy to think mm-hmm. about. Um, well, when we come back on the other side of the break, talked high school, talked professional. We're just missing college. The only thing I think that we haven't covered yet. We're going to talk a little college athletics and what's coming up in the future with events in Polk County. Stick right here on Sports Central Talk Radio 96.7. Fourth and final segment of Sports Central coming up here for you on Talk Radio 96.7, brought to you by Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill. And yes, they are open again. Here's Jenna and Ryan. Great partners of ours. Glad they're back open again for sure. Uh, Welcome back to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. Eric in the studio, Jenna and Ryan. Last segment, Jenna, how, how are we feeling? First time back in a long time. I feel like we did amazing. Me, you know, I feel like it was just that 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 rekindling of that connection of awesomeness on the radio. Just a really good energy. Oh, for sure. A really good aura, uh-huh. if you will. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Completely agree for sure. 
Um, well, we were talking about football, talking about high school football, talking about college football, talking about professional. We didn't talk about college football. No, we did talk about college we football. We haven't talked about our local college football. Yes. However, Southeastern University. Jenna, what is that looking like? So the fire football team travels to Miami Gardens, Florida to take on St. Thomas um, on the 24th. So this upcoming weekend, um, Southeastern is coming off of a 27 to three victory over Florida Memorial University on the 10th and a forfeit in their matchup with the University of Fort Lauderdale, giving the fire a four and O record for the season forfeit. Mm-hmm. So was it a, like, did they travel down there and then it was a forfeit or was it a forfeit before they got in the market? It was a forfeit before they got into the market. Oh, okay. Yeah, that kind of that's a bummer. Imagine you get all the way down there, and it's like, oh, now we. Yeah, oh hey, we no, that's it. happened before. I was gonna say, I know that's happened to some teams. They mm-hmm. get down there, and it's like crazy. Speaking of which, the um, it was the opening of college football's week one. I want to say it was North Carolina, but don't quote me on that. They had to delay the game because the coaches were stuck in the elevator. I did see that. Did you see that? I did. Uh, Eric, did you hear about that? No. Uh, un- unbelievable stuff. Coaches were stuck in an elevator, so they had to delay the start of the game. I thought that was, I've never heard that before. I thought that was incredible. That That is so crazy. I've never heard of that either, but right? I did know that that had happened. Um, uh, amazing stuff there. What about um, other programs local to the area? So uh, Weber had a scrimmage against Atlantis University, so they don't have any you know um, stats up there just because it was a scrimmage. Nice. Underwater but- game? You sound like Neil. He said the same thing. I have to come up with dad jokes now. Yeah, yeah, you are a dad now, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so looking over at um, Warner, unfortunately they lost twenty-two to forty-nine. Um, off to a tough, tough start, but you know, hopefully they can pick that up um, as they take on um, Stephen F. Austin over in Texas. Next Texas. Week. Yep. Or this weekend. Sorry. Yep. And then on October first, they have their uh, rival game against Weber. So that should be a Ooh, fun, but good rivalry game. game. Mm-hmm. Who are you rooting for? Weber. Yeah, that that checks out. Yeah, it would make sense. Because you went to Weber. So. Yeah, 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 I did. Mm. Makes sense for the alma mater. <laughs> we talked about the Magic, uh, Florida Tropics. Obviously, don't don't want to leave them out either because their season will be right around the corner, and they are just knock knock knocking on the championship door. No one will let them in yet, but I have a feeling this year they're going to open that door. I think it's going to be open. Friday, December 2nd, that's when the season will start. Uh, each team plays a total of 24 regular season games, 12 home, 12 away, ending on or before April 9th, 2023. Season spans 19 weeks total. Complete schedule available soon. Um, the 22-23 Ron Newman Cup playoffs will begin as early as April 12th. So pretty long season that they have ahead of themselves. Obviously, those games are going to be at the RP Funding Center. For more information, you can visit fltropics.com. Find out more about your Florida Tropics and how you can go support them. What about our other local teams, Jenna? What about the uh, Tigers and Magic? So the Lick and Flying Tigers season concluded on Sunday when they lost to the Jupiter Hammerheads 4-0. Um, the Flying Tigers finished their season on Sunday. In a conclusion for their series with Jupiter, uh, they were 2-4 and four for the series. And then kind of a little update with the Magic. We already talked about them a little bit. Um, they're... <clears throat> their tip-off for their season is November 4th, and that will be in Memphis. And then their first home opener game here at the RB Funding Center will be November 11th against the Austin Spurs. So definitely looking forward to that and having, you know, the magic action back. Ab- wow, well played. Thank you. Absolutely looking forward to it. And listen, there's a lot going on before then, Jenna. Talk a little bit about a couple of events that we have coming up in Poe County. So coming up this weekend, we have the USFA Supergirl. That is a softball tournament out at Armadale and Bartow Softball Complex. FYSA State Cup, a uh, soccer tournament, huge soccer tournament out at Lake Myrtle. That's a big one. Yep. 
We have the Flag Football World Championships happening at Northeast Regional Park out in Davenport. We have Dynasty Hoop September event, which is at the Advent Health Fieldhouse. So super excited to have that as well. And then rounding out the end of September, or no, I, that's not the end of September. This is this weekend still. USA Softball 7-inning Challenge. So uh, we have a weekend packed of many different events spanning from softball all the way to flag football. So, you know, you're never going to be bored this that's, weekend. That's a lot going on there. That's a ton of events that are coming in the pipeline. And then, Jenna, talk about um, we have a big cross-country event coming up as well. Um, yes. That's coming up. Two weeks from now. We have FL Runners, which is coming up, like you said, in two weeks out at Holloway Park. It is the largest cross-country meet in all of Florida with a little over, you know, 3,000 runners. I say that as if that's not a huge feat. Um, It's over two days, Friday afternoon and Saturday. Um, So, you know, that you're going to have varsity races, JV races, elite um, championship races. So it's going to be a huge, you know, mix of different students from all over, not only Florida. So we have some teams mm. that come from New York, Georgia, different places like that. So that is ex- very exciting and happy to see them back. A couple different places they're coming from. A lot of people coming in the market, not just mm-hmm. for that event, but for other events that are coming up. These next couple of weeks are going to be a doozy. Oh. We have the World Water Ski Show tournament taking place in Winter Haven less than a month away. Orange Cup Regatta less than a month away. Just a lot of stuff in the pipeline. For more information on those events and all the other events coming into Polk County, head to www.centralfloridasports.com. Also, be sure to check out visitcentralflorida.org for other events that will be coming in market as well. Listen, if you need to know more information, you want to talk to somebody, we love when people call us. Give us a call, 863-551-4750. Jenna, who do they ask for when they call? Make sure you ask for Raylan Dessar and Lisa Reiser. That's right. One of those two would be happy to talk to you, kind of walk you through each specific facet of the events that we have, the multitude of events that are coming into market. Especially Lisa. Oh, Lisa loves it. Yes. For Jenna Kidd. For Eric in the studio, good to see you again, Eric. Ryan Buckley, thank you for listening to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7.